Welcome into a live edition of Iowa Post Game here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. I am your host, as always, Corey Bratta. During a busy, busy, busy month of November, we were with you last night talking about the Iowa women and their defeat at the hands of Kansas State at home. The Iowa men defeat Arkansas State at home. I'm kidding. That's Arkansas State. 88-74, to the final. Kind of an uninspiring performance, if you ask me. Um, but did what they needed to do on the heels of a very uh, impressive, I thought, showing against Creighton on the road in Omaha a couple of nights ago. So I don't know how much you expect from them three days later against an overmatched Arkansas State team, but an Arkansas State team that did battle. I think it's worth noting a couple things. I looked this up late in the game, went over to Ken Palm and, and, and thought, you know, where are they ranked? I know it's early, but Ken Pomeroy does a pretty good job of um, estimating where these teams are nationally. And he's got them, I think, 186 in the country in Ken Palm, talking about the Red Hawks. And, you know, you compare that with, you know, like Eastern Illinois a year ago. Of course, that was a game Iowa lost at home. And Eastern Illinois was like 340, 350, something absurd like that. So Arkansas State was not uh, not that low. But uh, I will say, um, if you look at results from Arkansas State, they were 1-2 and two heading into this game. They had a six-point loss to Bowling Green. They beat Alcorn State. And Wisconsin put up 105 in a 29-point win on Arkansas State. So, um, you know, not apples to apples. Three games in, four games in, Iowa wins. And it's a double-digit win at home. This game will not mean anything down the road, except it will mean a game in which Iowa avoided another Eastern Illinois type of game or even a late game scare. This game really wasn't close. I mean, Iowa never really pulled away, but we never, never felt like to me that Arkansas State had any chance of winning this game. And, um, you know, credit to, to Iowa for making that happen. And uh, we'll go through kind of the, the leading uh, stat stuffers, if you will, today, DeSante Bowen being one, Ben Cricky being another. Um, you know, the freshmen were a little bit quieter this evening, but hopefully each game now, these young guys like Brock Harding and Owen Freeman, Laji Dembele, and, uh, you know, certainly Price Sanford, hopefully each game these guys are learning something more. I'm sure Fran would say, yes, they are doing just that. They're learning on the fly here. Um, you know, my only concern going away from this game based on what we saw tonight is I'm still waiting for Peyton Sanford to kind of break through. And I was skeptical preseason about him being the guy. Everybody expects him to be the guy. And uh, he's been on these, I think he's on the Julius Irving uh, preseason watch list. Um, very prestigious uh, award nationally in college basketball. And I think a lot of people expected him without the likes of Chris Murray and Philip Bracha to, to be the guy offensively. And so far, that guy is Ben Cricky. Now, how much is this going to translate to the Big Ten level? Well, Cricky did put up 24 against number eight in the country the other night on the road. So that's a good sign. But that mid-range game that he has been thriving on is going to get scouted. And uh, how will Ben adjust? I do like his offensive game. I think he's maybe even a little bit more skilled than Philip Bracha was. Philip, of course, was more of a physical big who um, I, I thought attacked the glass really effectively for his size. And, and I give Ben credit tonight. Ben was um, was good on the glass. They need him to, to take the lead and rebound. He had nine boards on the night. He was just okay at Valpo in that category, but he was 10 of 14 from the field with nine boards tonight. And uh, pretty hard not to give him player of the game. I'm not sure I will. We'll talk about that here in a second. I think Jess Settles may have uh, 
kind of spoiled my player of the game in his commentary this evening. But uh, it was a night in which uh, the young guys uh, didn't see a ton of time. I don't have final minutes counts from the freshmen, but Lodgy uh, did not score. Owen Freeman did have seven points on two of four shooting. Brock Harding had just one point. Price Sanford, no points on just one shot attempt. Um, they will have a couple other tune-ups, if you will. Keep in mind, they play North Florida coming up on the 29th following that uh, Invitational, that San Diego Invitational, which is the next thing on the docket for the Hawks. They'll get North Florida, and they'll also get Florida A&M, Maryland, Baltimore County, and Northern Illinois in the months the, the month of December. Those games coming after a couple of tough games, um, one against Iowa State, one against Michigan, and one against Purdue. So uh, December is obviously going to get tough, but they're uh, three and one now. And the three wins have basically been comfortable wins, although they have not been perfect. They've been comfortable wins. And that's what you'd want from a young Iowa team that's uh, needing each of these games to get ready. And um, you know, hopefully once we hit Big Ten play, somebody else has emerged scoring besides Ben Cricky, consistent scoring. And hopefully that's Peyton Sanford. But if it's not Sanford, you hope it's Tony Perkins, maybe DeSante Bowen. Uh, even though he's he's running the point, um, he looks like a starting point guard. I think that's the good news right now for Iowa. Is, is he didn't look like that necessarily last year, but I do think Desante Bowen looks like a starting point guard this year. Uh, Iowa Smokehouse is sponsoring our call in line this evening. So if you want to call in, the number is five one five six three five sixteen zero one to make your voice be heard on the Iowa Hawkeyes and their eighty eight to seventy four defeat over the. Uh, Arkansas State. Did I call them the Red Hawks? Aren't they like the Red Wolves? Why did I say Red Hawks? They're uh, they're not the Red Hawks, right? Let's get James in here. James can help us. James, are you calling to the Iowa Smokehouse calling line? They're the Red Wolves, but... Red Wolves. When have you ever heard of a Red... What's a Red Wolf? Oh, probably just a wolf that's red. I don't know. Uh, are there wolves that are red? I don't know. I'm not that smart. Okay. I mean, maybe I am, but I don't know. But anyways, it was a. I feel like it was a good game overall. Like you said, it could have been a Eastern Illinois game, you know, where they blow it to a team that they shouldn't have. Especially when it was like tied early. I know early on it was kind of a struggle, like back and forth a little bit. So it could have been a game that maybe could have kept being a fight the whole time, and they could have lost. So it was good to see them at least, you know, pull it away and pull out the way they should have all together. Because you never know how stuff can end out. Yeah, I mean, this game was way too close at halftime. Well, I shouldn't say right before halftime. Iowa went on a little spurt there at the end of the first half and made it a 10-point lead. But that first half was very uh, very close. Iowa had the lead throughout, but um, Iowa struggled on the glass, especially in the first half. And, man, I think that might be, if you're looking at a singular team concern following one game, if we want to read into things, James, Iowa got out-rebounded. And yeah. Final number, 44-39. That's not a good number. I didn't feel like they were that big either. Uh, well, I can uh, I can tell you. Uh, let me look at their size here. So Arkansas State, uh, obviously Butler's 5'11". Uh, Dominguez, 6'9". I'm trying to find the tallest guy. Um, Luol, 6'6". Todd is 6'4". Yeah, they're not there. They're not that big. Um I'm trying to remember who, which of these guys actually played a lot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and Iowa's not that big. And we know that. Yeah. I have a true seven-footer that's playing right now. But physically, uh, you should be out-rebounding a team from the conference or they even in the Sun Belt. 
Yeah, I think there was somebody last time I knew, but yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's that's something. You, honestly, here's the good news: uh, if we're going to look at a silver lining with some of these deficiencies tonight, I've said this before, and I don't know how much truth there is to it, but I do believe that you have a game like this in which your team kind of sleepwalks through, whether that's the effects of coming off a tough game on the road at Creighton or not. You sleepwalk through a game, still win by double figures, but it gives you a lot of tape to look at. And they're going to have a little time now before they go out to San Diego. They play their first game Thursday, uh, right? Oklahoma on Thursday. And so, you know, that's six that's six days away or five days away, I guess. Uh, well, no, technically six. Yes, six. So that's a that's a good break here. Now you got to go out to San Diego, and I'm sure they're going to get a little bit of time off to be with family during their break. But um, I, I don't know that either. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what they look like in that tournament because you're going to be playing back to back to back. Yeah, you get a little bit of time off, but obviously you get Oklahoma team who I don't think they're great in the Big Twelve, but they're a Big Twelve team, you know. So like it's a it's going to be a fight because they're a top um, a major team. You know what I mean? Like a major conference team at least, maybe not a. Uh, right now, Oklahoma's 4-0. They've got wins over Central Michigan, Mississippi Valley State, Texas State, Rio Grande. They haven't played anybody. Yeah, they haven't played anybody. So I don't know how good you could tell they are, but it's still a, you know, it's still a Big 12 school, so you never know when it comes to that. But Absolutely. And I'm just looking real quick. I know uh, it's still early to be reading into rankings and ratings, but as of right now, Ken Pomeroy has Oklahoma as his 29th best team. And so they are considerably higher than Iowa. Iowa right now is 41. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like one thing that's gonna help them in that game is the battle they had with Creighton. You know, that could help them a lot with having the battle you had with Creighton, only losing by eight and just fighting the way you fought against Creighton. That could be big time for them and the fact that Oklahoma hasn't played a big team yet like that. Iowa has and yes, they lost, but you know, they still were throwing punches back and forth at at points in that game. You know what I mean? I think that might give them a little bit more confidence when it comes to that and the fact that they've always played somebody. And let's not forget Oklahoma. Let me find here. This is I'm looking at the uh, wrong. Let me just see if I can find this. So last year in men's hoops, uh, why why do I search basketball? It automatically comes up with women's basketball. Uh, men's basketball last year, Oklahoma was uh, seven and eleven in the conference, and they were let's see overall nineteen and sixteen. I don't think they made the tournament, did they, James? I don't. I don't remember them making the tournament. I think they made the NIT. I can't remember though. 19 and 16, 7, 11 probably is not good enough to get you in the tournament. But of course, there were a lot of a lot of teams that were. I mean, Iowa State was 7, 11, but they were 22 and 13 overall. So um, Iowa's going to get a couple of tests there with Iowa State, Oklahoma out of the Big 12, and potentially a USC team um, that is projected to be pretty good this year. I know the other day, did they lose to somebody? Yeah, uh, Irving, UC Irvine, I think it was. Right. Lost to UC Irvine, but they are still the 26th best team in, in Ken Palm, and. Um, you know, yeah. Regardless of who they play next, I mean, the, both those games are opportunities at, at solid non-con wins. For sure, and that might be what you need with this. I mean, obviously you have like Iowa State on them too, but you know you do have some gaming games. So, but like we said, this gaming game you can't lose. And I'm happy with what I've seen from Bowen because I know some people were talking about like, oh, you should start Brock or not me, but like some people, some people in the chat, you know, some people in the chat were saying I wasn't saying that, but some people in the chat were saying you should start Brock over him, this and that. And it's like. Bowen's one. He's older too. He this is stuff he can do. You know, he can. He's a good defender, and he when he puts the ball in the hole, he looks obviously looks good. But like he can do a little bit of everything. I feel like it, maybe not shoot the three as much, but he can do a little bit of everything in that respect. We always talk about how 
star ratings and recruiting rankings don't really mean anything. But the reality is you watch a guy like DeSante Bowen, and I'm sure he's put in the work over these last two years. But last year he came out as a freshman, looked pretty timid, had his moments. He played really well against Duke a year ago. But in general, he didn't look ready for the moment. And now you see him. He looks like a starting Big Ten point guard, in my opinion. Now, will that translate over to the Big Ten level? And is he going to be able to consistently do that? We don't know. Time will tell. But, I mean, yeah, Brock Harding has flashed in a couple of games early. But he's really struggled these last two games. And DeSante has stepped up. And DeSante looks like he's got full control of the offense. I actually like the ball in his hands. Remember last year... Um, Iowa kind of was in a weird place because they, I'm trying to think, they had Aaron Euless, um, Tony Perkins running the point, Josh Dix. It was kind of point guard by committee. And, you know, they're on the heels of losing Joe Toussaint a year ago. I think you and I both, we weren't real sure who was the better fit to handle the ball, Aaron Euless or Tony Perkins. Right now, I mean, I really like Tony, don't get me wrong, but as far as a true point, DeSante Bowen is the guy you want you want the ball in his hands. I feel most comfortable with the ball in his hands. Um, and there's going to be times where Tony brings the ball up the court because he's obviously more experienced. He can attack. He's right now he's more of a polished mid range scorer than than Aaron. But I think Aaron's really, excuse me, Aaron um, Desante. Desante seems comfortable attacking the rim. He drew a couple of fouls tonight. Had a steal in the first play of the game and and a flush on the other end plus one. So if he can bring that level of aggression offensively. You know, they need a guy in, with his athleticism to be able to defend in the backcourt, but they also need a guy that can step up and score. That was what Martin was going to say. Is like, I feel like his defense kind of leads in retrospect of like, out of the starting five, you know, Iowa's defense is not the focal point, but I feel like he's probably the best defender out of the starting five just because he can sit down and guard. And I feel like that's an important trait you want kind of in the starting lineup too, where it's like you don't want all just all shooters out there. You want a little bit of a mixture of everything, you know, with like you have somebody who can play defense. You have somebody like Peyton who can light you up from deep when he's on. You know, you have Perkins and Pat McCaffrey who can do a little bit of everything. You know, and I feel like that's important to have a mixture in the starting lineup instead of just like all shooters are all one thing, if that makes sense. Uh, one thing about DeSante, he only took five shots tonight, which uh, efficiency gets 17 points on five shots. But what does that tell you, James, if he got if he scored uh, 17 points on just five field goal attempts? I mean, he was getting to the free throw line, but so was the whole team. I think that I think they've shot like what they said, like 46, 47 free throws. Yeah, for the team, they shot 46 free throws. DeSante went to the free throw line nine or excuse me, 10 times. And um, he was it was nine of 10 from the free throw line. So. I mean that if your point guard can that, that tells you he's attacking the rim and looking for contact. Now, would you like to improve on the three assists? Absolutely. Um, for the night, Desante had uh, no turnovers though. So, um, you know, you'd like for him. He is a score first guy. We've talked about that. I think naturally, maybe Brock is more of a pass first kid at least right now. But um, that's okay. I mean, when's the last time I was had a point guard? Where you've been real comfortable with him attacking the rim and scoring. It's been a while. Wild. Like, think of the best point guards under Fran McCaffrey. Mike Gasell, you know, he could attack the rim, but he did, he was not the athlete that DeSante yeah. Bowen is. Um, he was a pretty good shooter. You trusted him with the ball, most certainly. Yeah, I was going to say he was more of like a playmate. I trust him more in playmaking, passing, you know, like bring up the court when you needed him to then. But I mean, my point is like, you know, Bryce Cartwright, solid. But again, I don't think the athlete that DeSante is, 
Um, and I don't think quite as comfortable attacking the rim as hard as DeSante does. And then Jordan Bohannon was just a, you know, a three point shooter, um, and, and a really solid passer, but he was not a guy that you, you know, was going to consistently attack the rim. And, uh, you know, same with Anthony Clemens, really good defender, could shoot the three, um, you know, could handle the ball. But I think DeSante has the potential to be the, the, the real deal and more of your modern day point, whether you like that or not, a guy who's looking to score. Yeah, one more thing before I get off. The the crowd was electric, I think they said, or whatever they said, even though there was like nobody there. So first off, hopefully people can show up. It's a Friday night, so I wish a little bit more people would show up, but you know that's what do you mean like, a little more people? Did you see my tweet, James? Yeah, there wasn't nobody there, but I mean I say I wish more people would show up to to support them, you know. I mean obviously I would if I could, but like I just feel like it'd be better for more people to show up and especially in a game like that when they're more than like expected to win but i just can't believe he said that i was like bro how are you gonna say that when there's like nobody there but what did he say what did the what did the play i don't remember he said like it was like this excitement or it was like electric in there something like that i'm like that's not even close i'm like bro you just like nobody there i can literally see on my tv screen there's nobody there so how are you gonna lie to me like that so real quick uh just real quick before i get and 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 surprisingly right now james got nobody else on hold so uh we don't need to rush you off or anything but um RTI Threads player of the game is DeSante Bowen. 17 points, 4 or 5 from the field, 9 of 10 from the free throw line with 3 assists, 0 turnovers. And obviously really important France teams play. Uh, they just really they really protect the ball, value the ball. That's one thing the men's team, the men's program has mastered and something the women's program has not. Um, and believe me, I understand the men's team, this program has its faults. But 7 turnovers for the Hawkeyes. They have not had a game in which they hit double digits in turnovers yet this year. And uh, that is hard to do with how fast Iowa likes to play to put up 88 tonight. But, um, you know, obviously Cricky with the 25, nine, four steals, three blocks. That's, uh, you know, three turnovers. But I could have easily went with Ben Cricky, kind of a toss up in my mind. But I think the emergence of DeSante tonight was maybe the bigger story. <laughs> Real quick, before I let you go, though, I want to show you something because you just brought up um, my tweet earlier and you talked about how nobody. Nobody was there. I just somebody sent this in to me. I want to show you. I know you saw it. All right. I know you saw it, but let me show everybody. T- take a look at this picture. Um, now you can see this, can't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can. I, I already know what it looks like, but it's easier if you zoom in a little bit more. I don't know if you have that possibility, but for me, me, I had to zoom in a little bit more. And then I was surprised. Let me see if we can open both of these. And I'm going to redo this let's see if we can open both of these and i want to actually see this is how incredible this is and i mean this it's almost like it's to be honest with you if it was like a tuesday night it would be more maybe like okay people have school people have more people have work in the morning i feel like maybe it'd be a little bit more like not even acceptable but like you can understand it a little bit more if that makes sense like for a Friday night, I don't think this really makes sense, like how like empty it was. It was like, that makes no sense. It's a Friday night, like <laughs> Friday night. Like, it, su- support your team on a Friday night. Take a look at that. I mean, we can zoom in more. Like this the whole the whole row back behind them too is like wide open. Like, there's like nobody in the whole yeah, row. I'm like, why are we pointing at the ceiling here? Uh, right so there, you yeah. can see nobody. Look at that. I mean, like. I mean, I can see the sections here, right? So you got G, you've got N, you've got I. And when you're looking at this, James, like in all reality, there's almost nobody in those three sections, like almost zero. Like, there, these are these all band people down well, here? And, 
Or well, students, and then, students. You know, those are probably bad people. That's a hawk's nest. Oh. This is the student. <laughs> this is the student section. But yeah. for me, but for me, it's also like, well, even next to it, it's not that busy, anyways. Like the two rows next to them really aren't that full, anyways. But to me, it's like people can't come on here and say, "Oh, they had no energy." Oh, it's this and that way. Like you're the ones that don't show up. If that makes sense, like. I feel like obviously you should bring your own energy. I get that too, but I know like coaching basketball and stuff. Like sometimes it feeds off the fans. You know what I mean? Like it feeds off the fans. Like the more fans you have, the more loud it is. The more you can get hyped up and get going. You know, and with nobody there, sometimes it might be a little hard to get hyped up and get going. So I can only imagine. If anybody's wondering, so that I didn't realize that was the student section. I actually thought it was the student section. But if anybody's wondering what the opposite end zone is like, let me let me show this to everybody. This is the opposite end zone. And you I have a picture of that one too. I do. Um, I shared this on Twitter. Here is the other end zone, the non-student end zone, and it's a little bit better because you have some pe- people sprinkled throughout, which is almost sad. The fact that again, you can't get students to show up for a 7 p.m. game on a Friday in November. And by the way, the students. You know, this is not like I know people always. Ah, we're getting close to the holiday, and students are. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Look how this goes. Go. I guarantee you, watch a Kansas game. I guarantee you, they're there. What's cra- What's cr- here's what's crazy, James is, and I know people are going to say, "Yeah, you complain every year about this." Well, I, I think it's insane. I think it's crazy. Why does it keep doing that? Uh, but just look at those empty seats. So, I don't know. I just um, I don't know what the solution is other than taking steps to correct it and one of the steps has to be moving the students well and that and that and i don't know how many other schools do like i don't know obviously we've talked about this before but i don't know like if kansas duke and all them like students getting for free there i don't i can't answer that question right but like obviously not like you and i students getting for free and those games aren't obviously it's you and i it's a different level you know like from big 10 to that but like i know that could make a difference to us. Like people don't want to pay for kids or college students don't want to pay to go to the basketball games, which sounds sad in retrospect, but like sometimes they bet, I'm not going to shell the 30, 35, whatever it is to go to the game when I can just. And a couple other things. I want to acknowledge something. There is a, a segment of the fan base, a large segment of the fan base that likes basketball. And that's proven by the fact that the women have sold out every single game. Now, you look at the student sections of those women's games. I don't think the student section is booming. Like in general, I think students, not to stereotype all students, but I think in general, students, basketball fans, students would rather see the Iowa men. Um, I, I would think they would rather see kind of that up and down flow. And nothing women play up and down too, but mm-hmm. the high flying type of men's basketball that that Fran has put out on the floor. But he's not getting them there. And part of that, I think, is where the student section is. And then there are there seems to be a divide between the athletic department and the student body. Hopefully that's going to change with Beth Getz at the helm. But that's going to take some time. But like just in the meantime, I I just uh, it's just very sad because the fans are there and they were showing up when you got fans showing up for a women's game on a Thursday against Kansas State. And the next night, a Friday, which you'd think would be a more favorable evening. It's not too late. It's, we always hear, well, 8 p.m. is too late. 6 p.m. is too early. We got a 7 p.m. game. It didn't make any difference. <laughs> right. Like, it didn't make any difference. 
the thing is too, you see you see the support they have for football. And obviously I understand football is a moneymaker at most schools. It's the biggest moneymaker at most schools. Sure. I understand that part, but you see the support they give you for football and then you see the support they give them for basketball and it's kinda like I feel like as a basketball player, I would be like, man, like this is kind of this kind of shitty. It like, I get help recruiting. It does not help recruiting. Yeah, and maybe that that could be one reason why maybe he doesn't pull as many. And if you watch a lot of it too, when they recruit, what what do they have to bring to recruits to football games? Well, not always, but you're right. Sometimes, but, yes, you're right. I, a lot of times they bring them to football games, and I feel like that's maybe just because like the student section, like the atmosphere is way different, which. I mean, that's obviously it's a bigger stadium too, but you get what I'm saying. Like, well, and and I'll say this: uh, I posted a video because Tim Kruger, the, uh, we talked to Tim the other day with Creighton Sports, and um, you know he of course covers recruiting, and he was talking about Oswin, the four star uh, forward that's going to be potentially considering Iowa and Creighton. He was in Omaha the other night checking out both teams, but just comparing, and I know that there's no different. There's a huge difference between Iowa Creighton. And Iowa, Arkansas State, just level of difficulty, the Gavit games, etc. But that Iowa Creighton game in Omaha was a Tuesday night game that started at 9 p.m. And it was packed. And the students were wild. Wild. <laughs> I mean, wild. So if Oswin's going to come there and, you know, I, I don't believe he was in Iowa City today, but like, Okay, I'm going to go visit Creighton. Even though it's a late game, I'll probably see. You know, we'll get an idea for what the the, the arena is like. And he sees that at CHI Health Center. You know, compare that. Even if he's just watching this game on BTN Plus, I can't imagine Osmond signing up for BTN Plus. But if he was to do that, like it does, it's reasonable to think it would hurt recruiting, and I'm sure it has. Yeah, and maybe that's something we can talk about for a later time. But. I'll let you, I don't know if you have any callers behind you, but I'll let you get to whatever you got going on. And hopefully Iowa can win tomorrow. I won't be able to be on the post-game show, but as you know, I'll watch it back like I always do. So uh, it was fun at least to watch us win something after last night's debacle kind of. And, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. I'm glad we won this one. Hopefully we can have a good, everybody here has a good and healthy and safe uh, Thanksgiving, I think that's most important. And uh, hopefully we enjoy Iowa basketball winning on Thursday and uh, Nebraska beatdown on Friday. So Sounds good, sir. Appreciate yep. the call, man. Lomanski says uh, he was like button number five. Yes, hit the like button if you have not done so. Appreciate that. Lomanski, again, we're recapping Iowa's 88-74 uh, to 74 victory over Arkansas State. And this is Iowa Post Game here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Want to give a special thanks to Iowa Smokehouse and um, – their meat sticks, their barbecue sauces, their salsas, their ketchups, their jerky. Everything is great. It's so good. It's so fresh. I see Tony's in the queue holding up uh, his Iowa Smokehouse. He's going to be showing that off here in a minute. Use the code Hawkeyes at iowasmokehouse.com for 15% off your order, and you'll get free shipping on $50 orders. And as you support Iowa Smokehouse, you are supporting the work being done here at From the Hawkeye of the Storm, specifically the post-game coverage. So if you really like these post-game shows, the call-in format, etc., Support Iowa Smokehouse and use that link. Use that code, Hawkeyes, and iowasmokehouse.com. Tasting is believing with Iowa Smokehouse. Also want to give a special thanks to RTI Threads. You see I'm wearing the uh, Cooper DeGene shirt here, the CD3 Laces Up shirt. Yes, and it's got the uh, Cooper DeGene signature down here as well. Check out this sweatshirt. Get ready for winter and all their great products. They've also got uh, Cooper's new uh, It Wasn't a Fair Catch apparel. Get that while it's hot. 
Uh, I know that's been hot off the shelves, according to uh, Marty Millard over with RTI Threads. CD3LacesUp.com or in the description below, we've got the link to RTI Threads home website, including uh, it actually includes a number of athletes, including Aaron Graves, who's now got a store through RTI Threads. So they're doing great things for Iowa sports, Iowa athletics, and this show. Shop RTI Threads, Cooper DeGene's Apparel, along with Aaron Graves and other Iowa athletes. CD3LacesUp.com and RTIThreads.com. Let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line. We've got Josh on hold. Josh, welcome. Hey, Corey. How are you? Good, good. Um, just to uh, add on to the student section, um, I'm actually a student at the university. Okay. And I used to have student tickets until me and my wife had a, a kid and I stopped going to the games. But I I agree with just the attendance showing up. I know it was the last day of classes for us, but it's embarrassing. Um, and I think another thing about it is there's so like Michigan State's like this where their student layout is different. You know how we have the nest. Um, I think that's another factor that kind of plays into the environment. I like how some of the um, college courts have the students all the way wrapped around the court. But yeah, I don't know what it takes, uh, what it's going to take to get more people going to the games, but yeah. Well, what, what I'm just curious from a student body perspective, and I don't know what year you are right now, where you're at in school, but I'm, from a student body perspective, does there seem to you that there's a bit of a divide or there's been a divide between the athletic department, specifically basketball and the administration? I mean, I, with the administration, there hasn't been a push on to get on like getting students to the game. I know they're big on like the football games and I know students are more attracted to the games because of like tailgating and all that. But I really haven't, I'm a fifth year student. So I I mean, I've been here for a good amount of time, but I haven't really felt a push with, with the administration towards getting us to the basketball games. And I know we, the student tickets are usually, I know when I was a sophomore and we had Garza and all that, they were like $75. Um, Creighton, uh, I applied to their PT program and they told me their tickets are free for students. So, and they're number, number 18 in the uh, country this year. So it's like number eight. Yeah. Number eight. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I, yeah. I mean, if, there's got to be a point where it's like, if you aren't getting the crowd, these students in, that's what, I mean, the students run, like, I mean, that's what makes the environment so special is those crazy students, you know, and if you're not getting people to show up, I know this is, wasn't a like big 10 conference game, but it's just, you see some games where they're playing non-conference opponents and it's packed, you know? Um, hey, real quick, you brought up the student before you before you get off here, and I, if you have anything else to say, that's fine. But I want to make sure we don't leave that subject. And, and you know, we're talking about potentially moving students, and you know, I, I know that the idea has been brought up putting them behind the road bench. That would make sense. Um, for a long time, it seemed like Gary Barda, whenever he was asked about that in public setting, it was, well, you know, we, we want to be loyal to our donors. The people made this possible and blah, blah, blah. I understand that. 
but if if people don't remember this, and I know I posted it, and I posted the full interview. This was over a year ago. This was well before Gary Barda was either asked to step down or retire, whatever he actually happened here a couple of months ago. But I want to share this. This is from an interview I had with uh, Fran McCaffrey a little over a year ago, and I asked him about the potential of moving the students somewhere else uh, to improve the experience at Carver. Here's what Fran had to say. I think eventually we'll see uh, students closer to the court. You know, when the Carver renovation took place about 10 years ago, uh, those people that invested money to make that renovation happen were promised seats down close to the floor. They stepped up and, and, and made large donations. So they should be able to sit where they told they were going to sit. So now if you're going to change that, uh, clearly there has to be conversation, uh, you know, maybe on one side, you know, side behind the benches, and we're talking about 800 to 1,000 seats. You know, the the first 800 to 1,000 students that show up, they get to sit right there. You're right on TV. Camera's pointing right at you. You know, I'd probably like to see that. I think eventually we'll Okay, that's repeat. So so just real quick, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because even at the time, well before Gary Barta stepped away, Fran had acted like, hey, this is a possibility. We're going to see some changes here. So I don't want to just give all, if it happens here in the next year or two, Say, well, that's all Beth gets. But I would guess Fran has been pushing for this for a while. And maybe, you know, I know he hadn't been real vocal. That was the first time I remember him saying something publicly about that. I was surprised that he was willing to say that on this interview. But um, I, I agree with you, Josh. If there was an effort to place the students in a different spot in that arena, it's just such a carbon, the opposite of a, a car. It's, it's total opposite of what we see at Kinnick with the students right on top of you. You're watching this game today on BTM Plus, and there's so much space between those end zones and the back of the court. And I just find that incredible when it was built that that was that it was designed the way it was designed because it does it makes the students feel like they're. I would think it would make the students feel like they're so far away from the action. Yeah, yeah. When I used to go, it was I seemed like it was a mile away from the court, um, and even. And the excuse can be like, oh, we don't have such a great team this year. Even when we had Wheezy and Garza, and I mean, we had more students, but it wasn't what you would expect from a top five team, you know? Um, so I don't know what they need to do to take a step forward with more students showing up, but I don't know. Uh, hopefully there's some changes, and uh, obviously if you win, it helps, but... Um, you know, th this team is young and I know people don't want to be patient with Fran, but the reality is it's going to take some time. But I also think there's going to be games like we saw on Tuesday against Creighton where they're fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but some of these changes aren't going to be midseason changes. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh, appreciate the call. Anything else? Um, no, I didn't get to watch the game since it was on BTM plus. Um, I'm just, was there a reason why they, he didn't play the freshman as much this game or? It just didn't seem like they're – I don't think they played – I don't think he liked how they played in the first half. Um, I don't know. Let me grab – I don't even know that we've got the official box score yet from Iowa. I'm sure we do. Um, final – do you have that in front of you? Is that why you're, you're asking? No, I, well, I checked, I checked it like 10 minutes ago, and I saw um, Harding only had a, only had one point, and then I saw um, Dembele. He didn't, he didn't score right or Price. Correct. 
Yeah. Um, so final minutes numbers right now, uh, when I'm seeing according to the official box score, Price logged nine minutes, Freeman nine minutes, uh, Dembele eight minutes, Harding six and a half minutes. Hmm. I would guess those are all season lows. I don't know that based on yeah. the last four games. I have to go back, but um, you know, part of the problem was the starters didn't play very well in the first half either. And I think if neither unit's playing great and the game is relatively close, Fran's going to go with the older unit is my guess. Yeah. And I still think he's trying to, even though he's kept the lineup, he's kept that starting unit together and he likes to keep a starting five if he can, unlike what we're seeing with the women right now. Um, I, I think even though he's done that, he's kept that starting lineup consistent. He is mixing and matching groupings and trying to figure out what combinations work. Um, we saw a different combination tonight that I, than I maybe he's shown it before and I just forgot, but I think it was Ben Cricky, Tony Perkins, and then maybe two freshmen and a sophomore and Josh Dix, I think. Uh-huh. Um, so he's just going to be mixing and matching and seeing what combinations work. Um, I know Ari Golden chat here asked if, if Dembele played. He did. He just was quiet. Didn't take uh, any shots. He was uh, played eight minutes. And, you know, in a sense, I guess that's good. He's not forcing it. But I'd like to see him be more aggressive because he's got, I think, really good athletic upside. Yeah. But they're, they are they are true freshmen, and that's why I didn't have a ton of expectation for this team heading into the year because all these guys are so young. They've just played – they've exceeded my expectations two weeks in. Yeah, I mean, especially from that Creighton game when uh, – was there around like the 15-minute mark where he – or like 12-minute mark where he put them in and they were able to stay in the game. Um, yeah. Until we get the in. But I'm glad Bowen had a good game. Um, I know there's – the fans have been talking about having Harding start over him. And if that does happen, I think he's gone. I mean, that won't happen. You don't think? Yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah. not with how, not with uh, Brock Flash those first couple of games. But yeah. uh, like Desante Bowen was really good tonight, and you know Brock's numbers. It's not like Brock's been bad, but six and a half minutes, zero of one from the field, no assists, one turnover. There'd be absolutely no reason to play Brock. Yeah starting lineup right now he's got a lot of he's going to be good I, I like this whole freshman class but they they still got a lot of room to improve yeah and i'm glad they're playing like because how how popular the transfer portal is it's nice to see them getting playing time and once they're, they're getting playing time now just imagine when they're starting three or four four years from now so absolutely but, yeah that's all i got well appreciate the call josh yeah thank you thank you sir Safe travels to Josh. I'm assuming you're going home, Josh, uh, for the week with some time off from school. So safe travels there. And um, yeah, I can see the consensus in the chat. It is sad to see the lack of student body there and uh, people just in general not showing up to these games. Um, BB Quasar, moving the students won't matter. Play crappy teams. No one will show up. Well, um, I would disagree with you because they play a pretty darn good co- uh, conference schedule every year. And we say that we had these same conversations every conference season. And obviously not to this extreme, but this is ridiculous. This is like less than, I mean, I, I saw Doug's comment in the chat. It looks like less than, probably less than 9,000, maybe 8,000. I don't know what the official attendance was. I guess it's on the box score. Official attendance was 9-5. I don't know. That's what the box score says, folks. Nine five. 
But um, I think moving the students is a start because that will get more students to want to come. Okay, uh, even if the non-conference schedule is crappy, it will inspire. It should move students to want to be at more conference games, which is what they need, what this team needs, uh, what this program needs. Uh, number to call in, folks, is 515-635-1601, 515-635-1601. Let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line. Clayton's on hold. Clayton, welcome to the show. Hey, Corey, can you hear me okay? I can hear you. I'm going to throw your video off because I cannot see you, but I can hear you just fine. Okay. Hey, I'll speak to the uh, attendance thing. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, Iowa wrestling, Iowa football, Iowa basketball, men's all compete with each other this time of year. So you can't expect the students to attend everything every single time. And at this point, the Iowa women and the Iowa wrestling and the Iowa football are more, you know, they're more willing to go to those things. So they might be willing to forego the Iowa men's basketball because they can't do everything. Do you have any input on that? Well, first of all, uh, I think there's a way to resolve that. Um, I don't know what the student attendance at women's basketball games is. I know the games are sold out, but I don't know from game to game what student attendance is like. I mean, I've you know, watched every game, of course. I have not been at an Iowa women's basketball game this year, but I don't get the feel like the students are packing those seats. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are, and I'm just totally oblivious to it. But, um, you know, I don't know. You're saying, you know, you can't expect them to attend all these events. I mean, the fact that men's basketball is behind, and, and I, I, I love women's basketball, don't get me wrong, but the fact that men's basketball at Iowa is behind women's basketball and wrestling, I think that's that says more about men's basketball. That That's that's more of a um, reflection of the problem we have, whether it be the divide between the program and the athletic department or the team itself or coaching, whatever the case may be, because football and men's basketball should be king and queen am i wrong no i i couldn't agree more i just i'm looking at where we're at and and thinking about you know people are you know complaining about attendance and i feel like that's where we're at is that our our athletic departments are competing for attention yeah well um you, you could be right on that um I, you know, all, all I know is I, I will say this. Go back to our pre, the previous statement that was made. If that's the theory, keep in mind, Clayton, that you only have like one month of the year, less than one month of the year, where football and basketball overlap. So, if the students aren't going to football, men's, women's basketball, and wrestling, and men's basketball, because there's too much. That's just too much. Then why is it when football ends, the students don't start showing up in droves to men's basketball? Point taken, Corey. Point taken. I mean, January, February, March. I, I don't notice much of a uh, an impact as far as uh, you know. Warmer weather comes. Still, uh, in general, they have to. It seems like the team, this program, needs perfect circumstances for students to. I don't even know the last time they packed the end zones, but 
it seems like everything has to be perfect. It has to be a mid-afternoon Saturday game against a top five team, and they got to be on a winning streak. Like everything has to be perfect. And if it's anything less than perfect, then they're not there. And I'm not saying they're vocalizing those excuses, but that's what it feels like. I I couldn't agree more, Corey. I I I don't know what what to counter that with. I mean, I think you're right. But, you know, solution-wise, hopefully that's something that Beth is looking at. I, I have a lot of respect for Beth Getz. I think she's the person for this job, and I know she's expressed a desire to help, and, you know, those wheels may have already been set in motion, but they're just not they're not moving yet. They're, they're at least, I shouldn't say, they haven't arrived at the station yet. For sure. And it's great to see a win tonight. Everybody loves a win. But, uh, you know, with the attendance thing being such a factor, you know, uh, maybe – I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, competing with our own people. I don't know. Oh, I appreciate the theory. I mean, you know, you're not the only one that has thrown out these different uh, hypotheses and maybe you're right. And that's, uh, I think that's something that uh, hopefully, I don't know that it happened under Gary Barta, but that's something that, you know, the strategists and the people, because there are people working behind the scenes and looking at all this, hopefully they're researching this and trying to figure out whether it be through student surveys or, you know, whatever the case may be, how to get students to games. And if you have to give away tickets, then give away tickets. I guarantee you, I'll say this, Clayton, I guarantee you, if Iowa said every game from here on out, student tickets are free, they'd probably double, if, if not more than double, their student attendance on a game in game out basis. Like I don't even. have any doubt about that, Corey. I don't have any doubt. How much are you going to lose money wise if you do that? I don't know how many students, do, what capacity for the student section is, but oh, it's it, it's negligible because I, I I did not go to the University of Iowa, but I I dated someone that was there and I got the guest tickets and they were they were cheap. I mean they were. I was in college and I could afford these tickets, so it didn't matter, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you, Corey. James asked that question. I don't know how much student tickets are. Um, they're probably in the range of ten ten dollars. Craig says five dollars. Um, there is something. The fact that you're only charging five dollars for student tickets. How simple would it be just to say it's free? You're you're already not making much off students, and you know, it's as simple as students don't want to have to pay anything. They don't want to have to give a credit card up or whatever the case may be. Just hand out tickets. <laughs> it's very simple. I don't know. Maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but no, I don't. I don't think you are. I think it's that simple, Corey. But uh, I appreciate your time, man, and uh, I always love talking to you, and I enjoy your show. Appreciate it, sir. Yeah, uh, sometimes when you have uh, games against Arkansas State where the team didn't play very well, there's not a whole lot to talk about other than the attendance issue. So, uh, you know, there's that. Uh, Spot uh, brings up, yes, Bowen did look good tonight. He is our RTI Threads player of the game again on the night. uh, DeSante Bowen went for 17 points, four or five from the free throw. But look at how many times he got to the, excuse me, four or five from the field, 10 different free throw attempts. He's 90% from the free throw line. Those are great numbers for your point guard. You'd like him to get a few more assists, but he had zero turnovers on the day. I'm sure Fran is going to be pleased when he looks at the stat sheet and what he got from uh, DeSante Bowen. Let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call online. We've got Tony 
Tony, welcome. Hey, hey, how are you doing? I have my stuff. There, you? there we go. Yeah. Well, what do you got? What do you got in the left hand first? Oh, sorry. Okay, you've got the, oh, I've not had the cheesy hardwood smoked beef sticks. Okay, those sound good. I've not had those yet. And uh, I have, oh, beef stick stubbies. I have not had those either. Interesting. You're diversifying, yeah. Tony. We have those in South Dakota, and you don't have them in locally. We, we have them, but their selection's so big. Um, gotcha. I've been, my wife loves the steak bites. So between the steak bites and the ranch hand uh, jerky, that's kind of what we, we typically get. Now, I did try the steak bites, but I'm not much of a spicy person. And the only one they have up here is like the spicy jalapeno ones or whatever, okay. or something like that. So, yeah. Um, I'm not a, a lawyer or legal person, but is hearsay when I hear something from somebody else who heard it from somebody else, correct? Sure. But you can okay. you can repeat it if you'd like here. This okay. is an forum. Okay. I was just trying to lighten the mood or whatever. But I have heard that there is a uh, class, a college class at the University of Iowa, that one of their projects this semester is fixing the men's basketball attendance and the students are presenting ideas of how to fix the attendance and uh beth gets is actually act uh, actively involved with it good so it's the wheels may be in motion yeah oh i have no doubt they are i mean, I, I i don't think fran would have said what he said a year ago if there mm -hmm. weren't at least some preliminary wheels in motion um and i would guess that beth gets would only speed up that process because she she obviously seems more concerned about these types of issues than Gary ever did. Yeah, yeah, she seems very active and hands on and stuff like that. So. And by the way, I'm just saying, and I I kind of took a shot at some Creighton fans after the Creighton game the other night, but I will say this, Tony, as an objective person, having gone to that game in Omaha on a Tuesday at 9 p.m. Game started at like 9, 10, 9, 15. Yeah. Fabulous venue. Fabulous. Fabulous environment. Fabulous venue. Engaged fans. Student body going nuts with towels. Lighting. Awesome experience. Mezzanine. Middle mezzanine. Packed house. Everything. College basketball as it should be. Mm -hmm. Tonight, Carver. Attendance. <laughs> crowd. Seats. Students. Lack thereof. College basketball as it shouldn't be. Yeah. And that is all I have to compare this week. How did they I mean, I, I listened to the the Creighton, you know, post game show you had. Do they pass the eye test for you since now you've seen them in person? I mean, I think I think the the uh, I know Tim Kruger actually reached, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. He felt like Culp Brenner didn't play real great on Tuesday. And in general, I think they missed some shots that they maybe wouldn't normally miss in the first half. But you've got to give Iowa credit. And Tim did, too. I think Iowa made them play a little bit left-handed in some regards. Um, you know, it's so so early. Things like that mid-range jump shot by Cricky. That was the first time we as Iowa fans really got to a good look at that. And he did it again tonight. But I think that's, you know, one thing about these early season games. Teams are still kind of feeling out themselves, feeling out the opponent. So I have no doubt Creighton can win. I made the comment during the game tonight. I think Creighton can win it all. Mm -hmm. College basketball is crazy. Like what do we have last year? UConn and San Diego State. I could see Creighton with with uh, Shireman and with Alexander and with 
Kalkbrenner and the, the transfer from Utah State. Yeah, I mean they could they could go out and and win it all. Certainly win the Big East. So we'll see. It would obviously help Iowa's resume if if they go out and look really good the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And it seems like I think if if I recall, you said Iowa was here, and you're now about here with them after yeah, seeing I, them. Is that yeah? Is yeah. that accurate? Or I would say a little. So. I would say so. However, one game. And it's it's the same yeah. thing we'd say about Iowa football's offense this past week. Mm-hmm. I need to see more than just one good performance against Rutgers. And it's just like the Iowa women last night against Kansas State. I need to see more than one just bad performance against Kansas State to assume that, oh, this team's got massive problems. Like, they've got some issues maybe to work out, but it's one game. And, you know, what we saw tonight was not very inspiring from the men. It's not like they lost, but I, did this – did their performance? I know you watch it because you know you're a big ten plus. Did uh, did this game this evening inspire you, Tony? I actually listened to it. I'm sorry, but I do have big ten plus. I have, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch it. So I Why actually listened to it. Why'd you listen? I was out. I I do like a ride share, and I just did that to make oh. a couple bucks tonight and listen to the game. So I got paid to listen to the game, and I was planning on being home after the game. So, but I oh. will be rewatching it tomorrow. Yes, I do have big ten plus. So. Um, if I, by the way, if I didn't do this post game, this would be the type of game where I would not have watched live. I would have gone and done yeah. something that I wanted to do on a Friday night and then watched it later. But I care about all of you. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I gotta watch it live. Anyways, are you, um, I just, um, got an email from the swarm today and they're doing an event before that men's women's basketball doubleheader. Are you planning? Do you have tickets to that? I guess, first of all. The one in Des Moines. I don't have tickets to that. And would I consider going down? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what StubHub prices are like. I know it's sold out. Oh, it's not. It's not pretty. I'll say that much. StubHub. Why? Last I saw was nosebleeds were close to three digits. (laughs) I'm not joking. Why would you? Let me pull it up. I'll pull it up right now. Listen, I know this sounds really bad. Maybe I'm being late evening and I'm kind of being a little bit snarky. As Tony logs off, why would anybody pay a hundred dollars or more to see Iowa, the Iowa women play Cleveland State, and watch the men play Florida A and M in Wells Fargo Arena? And by the way, if if what Tony just said is correct, we're talking nosebleeds in Wells Fargo. Have you been to the nosebleeds in Wells Fargo? I have. It's not pretty. Hold on, I'm back. Nosebleeds in, in Wells Fargo Arena are not pretty. Why would anybody do that? Uh, to make money. No, no, no. I mean, why would asking why anybody would pay hundred dollars for nosebleeds at Wells Fargo to watch the Iowa men beat up on Florida A and M and watch the women beat up on Cleveland State? That's insane. <laughs> I, 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 I wish I had an answer because I wanted to get. I'm in the two hundreds, and I wanted to get something close to where I was at for a few friends and stuff, and they were selling for two hundred a pop. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You live in Sioux City. Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to just no, pause. You're no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You live in Sioux Falls. Correct. How long of a drive is it to Moines? Four. You're driving four hours. Correct. To watch Iowa, Cleveland State, and Iowa, Florida, and AM. You, my friend, are a true Hawkeye. <laughs> when yeah. did you decide to do that? I'm curious. 
Um, well, if I didn't decide the day of, I wouldn't have got tickets to face. I'll tell you that much. That thing sold out in less than 15 minutes. So can I ask and you I, what was space? Uh, I think it was like 54. Okay. That's okay. That, and that's not bad. Now are you in the nosebleeds? No, I'm in the 200s, which is not those ones that have like five rows, like in oh. the middle, not the hundreds, but not the, the, boy. I, I don't know if they're club seats or something like that, but they're, yeah. And, you know, I used to live in Des Moines for a while and I'm going to see with, with my best okay. friend, we planned on it and I just, I, yeah, like I'm not making fun of you, Tony. I oh, think no, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. But, but yeah. I would pay a hundred dollars to be sitting in nosebleeds to watch those these Iowa teams beat up on a couple of G5s. I just wouldn't do it. But um that I would do what you just did. If if I knew, you know, and I wasn't concerned enough. One thing I I kind of regret doing and it's probably too late to do it. I would like to cover that event down there as some someone in the media. Um mm-hmm. uh, but it's probably late to request credentials for that because I'm guessing they have limited space because you have the men and the women. I don't know that, but uh, yeah, I, I don't mind Wells Fargo, but I'm not sitting up in the top row. Um, yeah, I saw. I, I did. I did recheck. Now that's was three weeks ago. I checked, and T. Hink was saying it too in the chat. Uh, StubHub now the cheapest is fifty five for the nosebleeds. Okay, but if you want anything, pretty much. Uh, let's see, section section one twenty four thousand dollars each. Uh, section seven. What? Section. I'm not joking. This is on StubHub. a thousand dollars for that. I don't know. Uh, section seven, which must be uh the floor seating because it's a single digit. Uh, eight forty eight to get two floor seats. Okay, real quick, I want to address a comment oh, in the right. chat. Uh, Go Hawks says, "Who do you think has the most, if any, potential to make it to the NBA?" Fabulous question. I said a couple of years ago that I thought Tony Perkins, given his body, might have a chance if he could develop as a point guard in the NBA. I don't know that he's developed his ball skills to a point where I would project him to be an NBA prospect in a couple of years. He's got an extra year if he wants to come back next year, but I think he'll play pro somewhere. I think the best person right now, like early projection-wise, Lodge Dembele. Like you watch him physically – and you go see that big boy step out and hit some threes. I'm like, okay, this guy's got something. Like, I know it's early, it's projecting. I know there was some talk early on in Peyton's career, you know, could be the next Duncan Robinson. There aren't a lot, a lot of Duncan Robinson success type stories, but you know, maybe Peyton's still relatively young. He's got some time left if he really develops with his length. Um, you know, I question his defense, his on ball defense, especially, but I would say Lodgy, um, as of right now, even though we've seen him for like four games. What about Dix? What about him? No, I mean, that. what about him as a potential? I mean, we don't see him that much, but I think his defense is a little better than Sanford's. And is all if you're using defense and he, he can be not the quite the level of scorer that Sanford is, but he may be a more complete player because of both ends of the court. Too small. Fair enough. Is he six six? I mean, he he doesn't have any muscle. Yeah, he's not six six. I swear he's six six. Six five. Okay, he's listed as six five. I think he's closer to six four. Probably, and you've probably seen him in person more than I have. I'm sure if you've been to a media uh, day or something. No, I've I've actually haven't done media day the last two years. Um, but but um, 
I think he's probably closer to six. I mean, I've seen him in person. In fact, on uh, had a conversation with um, brief, real brief conversation with uh, Owen Freeman's father mm-hmm. Tuesday after the Creighton game, and I went down to tell him how impressed I was with Owen. And uh, so, yeah, I was able to kind of see, you know, Cricky's size, and you see guys like Josh Dix, and yeah, I don't think like Cricky. Physically, I'm actually really impressed with his ability to defend so far because I didn't have much expectation at all. He had how many blocks did he have tonight? He had and how many steals? Yeah, he had. Uh, let's see, four steals and um, three blocks. Um, that's really good. And he's you know he's probably about the same size. Seeing him in person, he's probably about the same size as Philip was, but they're different players. And uh, both those guys, I mean, so far, Cricky four games in his career at Iowa really a difference maker he's a leading scorer right now um speaking of logi did you see uh the kid's fluent in three languages or no four because he's from he's from africa um, whatever country he's from he's uh fluent in that dialect he's fluent in french spanish and english spanish interesting okay because he lived in uh spain i think for a while or something like that so He's got yeah. a, he's like, he's got you know, an interesting story. Well, and I don't want this to sound weird. He's got an interesting body. Yes. <laughs> like physically like a basketball body. He's just, he doesn't look like a true freshman and the way he runs. And then the fact that he can already, you know, step out and make a three, that might be a huge diamond in the rough for Fran, you know, long run. Um, well, and he's then really the- athletic. He, that, he that, the um, men's basketball social media today before the game, they they posted the highlight of that spin move at Creighton wow. where he could yeah. feel that guy on him and it was just whoop. And then the guy just fell down and he left, <laughs> him, you know, left him in the dust. And, yeah. And then Lodgy just sunk, you know. Yeah. Which turned around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was. It, it, it was great. Now you said um, in that post game, and I think I tweeted it at you too, uh, that you realized that they're Jaskers. I don't know if you, you use that term, but they're Jaskers is the name, you know, the Creighton Blue Jay, Nebraska Husker uh, football fans. And, well, I can uh, tell you, Tim, Tim listened to the show the other night because Tim sent okay. me about eight paragraphs uh, in response to that. <laughs> that and uh one thing tim said to me and it took me a while to read this but he said the creighton fan base is divided up like this 35 percent diehard blue jay fans uh hate the huskers 40 percent jayskers cheer for nebraska football but creighton in every other sport um the other 25 percent cheers for most huskers husker sports but jays hoops as well so, and I believe I believe him on that. I mean, it's just it's probably a, a wide variety, and I'm not trying to stereotype anybody specifically. I was just disappointed with some people around me. So, so what, what's that? Uh, is it my quick math trick? That's two thirds, twenty five yeah. and forty. Yeah. So two thirds of them are. I mean, I had somewhat. people. One, one thing I had Tony on Tuesday. I mean, I there were people who were so ridiculous behind me. We were not in the student section, and I had these people behind us i could see spit flying over my shoulder you know you know they're just going nuts and you see i can see saliva traveling through the air like this is just i understand it's a game and believe me i was into the game as well i had a guy 
<laughs> You'll like this. I had a ga- guy like five minutes into the game. He was sitting row in front of us over to the right. He was drinking a beer, but an older guy. And it was like one of the first couple possessions. And these guys behind us were rowdy. So what am I going to do? If you've ever been with me to a road game, Tony, I am, you know, I may seem like I'm not a homer always on this show, but if I'm in a game, I love going to road games because I love being the loudest one in my section. And so like right away, Cricky starts nailing jump shots. And these guys behind us were, you know, screaming about Alexander, how they couldn't guard him. So Cricky kept nailing these these mid-rangers. And so I started yelling, can't be guarded, can't be guarded. <laughs> and I yelled, go Hawks, like one time. And this guy right in front of us to the right turned, and he's a Creighton fan, turned and gave me the dirtiest look. And I just looked at him. I said, what's up? And he turned up <laughs> like the dirtiest look. <laughs> I have been to so many road games and road venues, and I don't know that I've ever had a response like that. So anyways. Now, have you ever been to a game as a neutral fan? Oh, yeah. Where you're a fan of either team? Oh, I, oh, as a neutral fan. Oh, of course. Yeah, like you don't care about either team. You just care about the game. I live in Ames. Okay. So I'm, been- I, I, I'm, I'm correlating that because last year – I think it was last year. Yeah. Last year I went to Iowa State, Kansas at Hilton. And I just – sit there and watch and I didn't get up. I just sat there at an aisle seat and I just sat there and it was about the second half and this lady like taps me on the shoulder. She's like, why aren't you cheering or anything like that? And I just, and I had my Iowa shirt on. I turned on like, cause I'm an Iowa fan. I'm just here enjoying the game. And that's and that, like, cause Hilton goes nuts. You know what I mean? Right. And like that, your, your story there compares me to when I go to games, when I went to games at Hilton, they think Iowa State never commits a foul. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's awful. It's a great inv- but Tony. It's oh, it's a, a great deal. hundred percent. And your story about CHI where like the students were all involved and everything like they get an A plus for their environment there. It's a great environment. Hilton. I hate them, but it's a great environment. Like I wish we could duplicate that at Carver. We, and we don't. Not even, we not don't. even It's not even in the it's same. It's not even close. It's not even the same realm, light year universe. And, <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> It really isn't. You know, it, it isn't. Let's be honest too. If you compared women's, if you like 10 years ago, maybe 10 years ago is a bad uh, comparison. Even five years ago, if you took a picture of just the arena and the attendance of the women's game last night and the men's mm-hmm. game today, you would have said without a doubt that today's crowd was a women's game yeah. yep. and that those were flipped. I mean, that, it's just incredible how the tide has turned right now with those two sports. So, and I think I think part of it is like someone hit on it earlier that I think you post that you put the comment up like a lot of the locals may not like Fran and whatever. And I mean, I, I'm very outspoken. I like him. I wish he could stay as long as he wants. I don't know if he's going to. Well, hold on a second. I, th- I hope it's not some unconditional thing that you have for Fran you say you hope he stays as long as he wants I mean I mean as long as he keeps the same results up that he has where he's constantly making the NCAA you know what I mean I'm not saying like so you are okay with you are okay with bowing out in the first or second round every year I'm not okay with it no (laughs) you are because he's not okay with it no but you you you, I mean you're basically saying till death do us part Fran like <laughs> whatever, whatever we need to keep you here until your last days. I mean, <laughs> I, it, oh, man, 
I just think there's a lot of like Coach Close has said, March the tournament is, and I don't know, it, it, it's just something different. It, it, it's yeah, but, but we, it's we so have hard to be successful. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but he did. He he did win the he did win the tur- the Big Ten tournament. So he does have postseason success. <laughs> I'm trying to buy the guy some time. Okay. I bought he bought himself time two years ago, but last year, um, you know, I, I after last year's result, I I can sympathize, empathize with a lot of fans who are who are tired. Now, who do you think? I mean, obviously the result with Brian has been settled, but who do you think fans were more tired of before the football season? Brian or Fran? Oh Brian. Brian. <laughs> I'm not as in touch with football as I am with basketball. Oh, Brian, without a doubt. Okay, so it's it, that that part wasn't even closer. Excuse well, me. It's that. it's apples to oranges, right? I mean, you have a football program that is very successful. I shouldn't say very successful. It is successful, right? Yep. But they've had a huge deficiency, and the deficiency has been overseen by Brian Ferentz, who happens to be Kirk Ferentz's son now for how many years? Six years. Basketball, you have a deficiency. But the head coach has also led this team to postseason berths, a, a Big Ten tournament win here a couple of years ago. So I think it's apples to oranges. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I really wish Fran would have got a chance to coach that 2020 team in the postseason. I know. I know. But, but we, you, can't, you, can't, you can't go off that. You can't. And, you, can't. you know, they did. Let's not forget, they did lose their last game before everything shut down. Yes. Yes. No, it did. I thought they were playing that same day it shut down. They lost their last regular season game because they hadn't got a chance to play in the Big Ten tournament, right? Because stuff shut down the first day of the Big Ten tournament. Correct. They yeah. didn't play yet. Yeah, they, they lost their last regular season game, but not they hadn't played right. in the postseason. Right, yeah, exactly. I'm just saying it's not like they were going into the tournament with tons of momentum. I agree no. that the team had a chance to be – you know, make a run because of who they had in the team. But I also thought the following year they had a chance and they didn't. Yeah. I thought, yeah. you know, they've had Luca Garza, National Player of the Year, two years, and then Keegan Murray and Chris Murray. That's four years, and they have one Big Ten tournament to show for it and no Sweet 16s. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't dispute that, you know. <laughs> I guess I guess to me it's I, – I, I know people say this, but I, I just remember watching Lick Lighter games – and this makes me appreciate this even more because of suffering. I mean, watching almost every Lick Lighter game. But, but I did I too, mean, Tony. Yeah. We have different perspectives because I watch Lick Lighter too. But I, I don't, I don't have. You know, I'm not. Believe me, when Fran McCaffrey is introduced, I'm not reading wedding vows like you are. Oh, I wasn't when he was introduced. He's no, no, grown no. on me. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm I'm introduced before every game. Gotcha. I'm assuming you have like some mantra when he's introduced till death do us part, Fran, till death do us part. Is that your mantra? <laughs> no, but I did I did actually find um because I wasn't a student when they gave these shirts away, but I did find on eBay and I do have a my man Fran and I forgot what the other one was. They had like two student section shirts. It was like my man Fran and something else like uh like Franimal or something like that. You, you know, I have, have you seen my Super Fran shirt? Super Fran, that's the, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a Super Fran shirt. Yeah. 
Now, what was it? The Franwich he had with Applebee's. Remember uh, when it was him and was it him and Hoiberg? I believe so. The Hoiberger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then um, they, they have the Otzel Burger now. They probably do. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Have you uh, looked ahead? What's your schedule going to be like? Because I mean, Thursday and Friday next week is going to be pretty busy. Well, first um, of all, uh, I, I can I be completely honest? Oh, go ahead. I don't even know that I, I, I probably will be for the sake of this show, but I don't even really, do you want to get flow hoops? Are you talking about for the men's game? For the women's games. Oh no, I was talking about the men's. I'm sorry. Cause next Thursday, Friday. Cause did you, did you see how they did that schedule for that San Diego tournament? Yes. But what I'm saying is the women play on the same days you have. Oh, four. they don't. I didn't even know that. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I haven't gotten a tournament down in Florida. The same. That's the problem. Okay. You've got three sports completely overlapping. Okay. Now, I know that – did you see that tournament, how they scheduled Iowa for the men's basketball tournament for that Thursday, Friday? I have not – there's actually tip-off times already? Both. Iowa is locked in to the 5 o'clock start time because they know that people wouldn't watch if they lost their first game because it would be at the same time as Nebraska. They actually have Iowa – opposite i mean of the start time for the football game on black friday so iowa's tip times are locked in for next thursday and friday no matter what happens win or lose to avoid conflict with correct well that's smart that's the first time one of these preseason tournaments has done something that i think is smart in relation to black friday game yes so no they've actually win or lose Iowa is going to be playing at a different time than the football team on Friday. Why does T. Hink say that uh, they're playing at 2.30 on Thanksgiving? Um, I'm, it's, it's on the website. Let me hold on. My mouse went off. Okay. Uh, real I'm, quick, I'm telling you, it, 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 it's locked in. Let me, uh, let me put a plug in real quick for, yeah. for our sponsor. I talked about our RTI Threads player of the game, DeSante Bowen, this evening. And again, Iowa defeating Arkansas State 88-74. to and um, want to give a special thank you to Iowa Smokehouse. We talked about them earlier, but uh, Tony's been a proud supporter of Smokehouse, and uh, they are a local company right in the state of Iowa. And uh, even know the owners, uh, good people, and they've uh, they've been growing this business for years. Visit iowasmokehouse.com and browse their awesome selection of meat sticks, jerky, salsas, barbecue sauces, and more. And use the code Hawkeyes for 15% off your order. Great for game day or any day to fill you and your family's snacking needs. Shop now, iowasmokehouse.com, and use the code Hawkeyes for 15% off your order. We appreciate Iowa Smokehouse for sponsoring Iowa postgame coverage here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. All right, Tony, what do you got? Oh, Tony's muted. Let's get I got oh, you. So I'm good? Okay. Um, no, he's he's saying on two, it's two o'clock on Thanksgiving. But we're talking about Black Friday. Iowa is playing at 5 o'clock no matter what, and it's on Fox. So I believe the football game's on Fox as well, right? No. The- football game's on CBS. Okay. Well, Iowa was on original Fox on Friday, and Fox Sports won on Thursday. So they're 2 o'clock Thursday on Thanksgiving on Fox Sports 1, and then 5 o'clock on over-the-air Fox on Friday, no matter okay. win or lose. They, they've locked them into that time. So I think we were confusing which one 
Uh, I thought you said they had the same tip time each day is what I thought. No, I'm sorry. No, I meant like it's locked it's in. Pop, it's locked in win or lose. Their Friday tip time is locked in win or lose. Okay. So that's what I was meaning is I, I'm assuming you'll probably do a football post game during that game would be my guess. Who, me? Yeah. Or I don't even know what you're doing, honestly. Well, the game's at 530? The, the basketball game? Yeah. 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. Well, the, the the football game will be done at two thirty. Oh, is it an eleven a.m. to kick? It's an eleven a.m. game. Okay, well then that changes everything, I guess. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Let me uh, double check that. Uh, or football. have they even announced it? Yeah, it's eleven a.m. CBS. Yeah, I'll okay. be done. With, we'll get the post game done right before that game starts. Gotcha. Before that even starts. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. And then I think you said Coach Close is still wearing World's Carmen San Diego and just traveling and. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he will be with us um, at some point. <laughs> he will be with us. And by the way, we're we're getting some people locked in for for Iowa women's basketball post game. Great things, cool things on the horizon for the women's show throughout the year. So yeah, because I know you had a couple different ones during the postseason run last year. Yeah, but the problem is one, one of those the sisters coach now. <laughs> and then the other one is Sam Logic, who's you know in the middle of playing professionally overseas. So. Um. Anyways, so exactly. we're gonna we're gonna work something out. So it's gonna be good. Okay, sounds good. So I think is there another big women's game before then, or is there there's the next their next game is the tournament? Um, I believe their next game is the tournament. Okay. Yeah, because the so, men play. Well, no, hold on a second. Let me let me confirm that the men play Thursday against Oklahoma. The women uh, play next against Drake on Sunday. So they get oh, Drake okay, gotcha. Sunday, and then they go down to Astoria, Florida, and um, or excuse me, Astero, Florida. I don't even know where that's at. Astero, Florida, and they play. Um, so their schedule down in Florida for anybody that wonders. Friday, the same day as you said that the men play, right? So I, I don't know. I don't know why you would do this. All right, Friday the women play at six thirty. You would think there'd be a way for these tournaments to figure out how not to overlap, because a lot aren't of the, they aren't they in the bottom of the bracket though of that tournament? I think. What does that got to do with anything? Who, who well, cares? I'm just saying if they're at the bottom of the bracket, it might not start till seven because of games going long before them and stuff like that. You should still schedule it later than seven. But you said the seven. men's game starts at five. Correct. So if we're their game be- starts at 6.30, it might not start in real time like 7 because of other games running longer. So I'm going to have to do po- – what you're saying is I'm going to have to do post-game coverage of the women oh. – of the men <laughs> during the middle of the women's game. And I don't know. Here, <laughs> and as soon as that game goes final, quit this stream. I'm going to stream for that post game. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't know what you're going to do. Because, <laughs> I mean, if, 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 I, the, if that – I don't know what I'm going to do either, so – uh, if that Friday goes how I want, we'd be celebrating a tournament championship for the right. men's team. Sure. And that would be two probably quad one wins because I think both teams would be in the top 50. So how do, you, how, how do you think Iowa fans, women's basketball fans, will respond to having to pay, I think it's $20 for Flow Sports for three games? Well, since I, I already told you the StubHub ticket prices, and I can tell you, you, you can go on StubHub after this and see what people are paying 
just to see Caitlin play because Carver sold out. I would bet there's going to be some of them who pay that 20 bucks. Well, I hope so because you would think I, I can't believe Flow Sports is even around. I remember when they launched, like, you remember when they launched like eight or nine years ago? And I remember thinking, this is a dying cause. And they're still around. So I, I guess. Well, they're, they're mainly like uh, hockey and other sports. Wrestling. Like more of the, more of the non-revenue sports, like hockey and wrestling and stuff right. like so that. So why do we have to have them for basketball? It's probably something to do with the tournament that we're in, that that's the contract they signed. Yeah. So, well, I've took up enough of your time. I appreciate it. All right, so Tony. I'll probably see you uh, next Thursday on thanks Turkey Day. Sounds good, so, Tony. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Appreciate Tony calling into our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line. Let's go to our final caller of the night, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Curtis John. Hey, John. Curtis, uh, all about going to this game. And if you go on HighwayHawkeyesports.com, click on uh, men's basketball and go to the tickets, and then uh, 95% of this arena is sold out as far as tickets. The people are just physically not showing up. You talking about for the men? Yeah. Uh, normally, I can, normally, I can go in there and, and get a single and cherry pick a seat and... and be sitting 16 to 25 uh, rows up and they're all gone this year. The, about the only thing left is kind of like in the end zone or at the end of the arena and around the 38th, the top two rows. I couldn't believe it. For every game or just this game? Uh, the, the first few I looked at and I looked at Michigan too. I haven't checked farther into the schedule, but hmm. it, it, it they're just physically not showing up. Well, it I, seems I, like, yeah, I'm I'm not a ticket expert, John, but I will say this: I do wonder with all these different third party uh, sites like Vivid Seats and uh, SeatGeek and StubHub, if there are simply these companies are buying up tickets somehow in hopes of reselling for higher face value. I can't imagine they would do that for games like this, where you go on StubHub and their tickets for like two dollars on StubHub. Um, so I, I don't know if that's the explanation, but that would be the only thing I can think of is that there are companies and maybe even third party companies, ticket selling companies that are buying the tickets and trying to resell them. But that, I don't know. Well, I went in there one time and I was sitting about 16 rows up. I mean, I, I could hear Fran in the huddle and, uh, uh, I said to a young people sitting next to me, I said, are these your seats? Because these are pretty sweet seats. And and they said, no, they belong to the company I work for. So a lot of that might be companies buying them up and then giving them out as, as props to the customers. Too. Right. Yeah. No, you could be right. Um, that just seems like a lot. And I don't know why that would have changed this year with all the attention with women's basketball. You would think that would sort of only take away from men's basketball attendance, which already has been bad. Um, maybe they're, I don't know, may, maybe they, um, you know, the only thing, uh, maybe is this a possibility, uh, John, and I don't know, I'm just speculating on this, but could the university, their system only sh show certain seats to make it look like they're coveted tickets and it's a hot item, hot ticket. And then as those get sold and gobbled up, they open more up on the map. I don't know. I don't think so. 
Okay. I mean, usually what I do is is I'll see a seat on the seating chart, and then the next day I'll call up to the ticket office and say, is this still available? You know, section CC, row 16, seat 13, yeah. uh, to check and make sure. There's times I called up, and they it'll show it on the seating chart was available, and then they won't it won't be available. They'll say, no, that seat's sold. So. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I just hope that um, whatever the case is, uh, if this team can continue to win, um, people will show up. But um, again, it just seems like we need perfect circumstances to sell this arena out and to actually have students in the section. So I don't know. And now we're heading into a holiday break where students have less of a reason to be there. Yeah. Uh, you were you were talking about going to away games. I took my daughter and went to Minnesota game football game one time, and we were sitting there, and and they would the announcer would go, "It's another Minnesota Golden Gopher," and the crowd would go, first down." Well, I was stopped them on the third down, and I yelled out, "It's not another Minnesota Golden Gopher first down!" And my daughter goes, "Shut up, Dad! You're going to get us beat up." <laughs> You sound like me, John. That's that's exactly who I am at road games. I was doing the same thing uh, at Wisconsin at Madison a couple of weeks ago. So I, I, I totally understand. <laughs> well, I went over to uh, I've been to Soldier Field and and to Minnesota and to uh, uh, down to the Outback Bowl. Uh, when we played Florida the second time, and I went to Texas. My sister lives in San Antonio and when we played Texas in the Alamo Bowl. And that was awesome. I heard a bunch of crap from Texas people down there. Uh, we were sitting in a restaurant, and a lady seen my Iowa shirt, and she goes, you know, the game's not going to last very long, don't you? And I said, why, you don't expect Texas to play very well? And I thought she was going to spit her dentures out. <laughs> but, uh, spit her dentures out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told her I could cook parents, and I got a snort out of him from it, so... <laughs> that's good john well uh, uh i appreciate you calling sir and um yeah, get out to as many men's games as you can and uh, hopefully you'll you'll uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow after after an iowa football win all right thanks Corey. thank you sir all right folks again iowa defeating arkansas state tonight the men 88 to 74 and i am looking at the schedule for um, the Iowa women, and they, of course, play down in Estero. I'll uh, do more research in this because I see the question uh, about, from Doug about how much is flow, uh, flow Hoops. Last I checked, it was like $20 for a month, which, again, if you're an Iowa fan, you're going to buy one week basically worth, but it's it's going to be the full 20 I think. But I'll have to look look into this a little bit more because, um, yeah, I mean, I do I like that? No, I, I don't. Um and it's going to interfere somewhat with the men's games and um, just a lot of stuff. So anyways, um, appreciate everybody being here, folks. And uh, to the question I, I missed earlier from T. Hink, I'm not going to the game tomorrow. And uh, I'll be here for post-game show with, with Coach Patterson. Josh, uh, what do you think of Hilton's layout and how is their students' attendance? I haven't been to a Hilton game in a couple of years. And I know they've had their ups and downs, especially during non-conference play. But in general, I think it blows Iowa out of the water. Um, just my experience at Hilton. Lemansky uh, says, I was at Hilton. My cyclone friends late in the game pointed out to our neighbors. 
this yo-yo is a Hawkeye. We are not going to give him a ride home. Uh, Lomansky uh, showing up at Hilton. So uh, it's a great venue. It really is. It's a great experience. If you can ever make it to an Iowa game, I've been to Iowa State, Iowa, been to Iowa State, Kansas, went to an Iowa State Baylor game a couple of years ago. Um, and frankly, I like Jack Trice. Now, Jack Trice is nothing compared to Kinnick, in my opinion, but Hilton blows Carver away uh, in a big way, I think. All right, folks, thank you, Lomansky, for that super chat. We will be back tomorrow, Iowa, Illinois, the um, game that could wrap up the West and a trip to Indy for Iowa football in spite of the fact that they've lost Cade McNamara, Luke Lachey, Eric All, and now Cooper DeGene due to injury. These guys are still fighting. They're sitting at 8-2 and two with a chance to wrap up the division tomorrow. Join me for postgame coverage following the game, which starts at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on FS1, the Hawks and the Illini. We'll talk to you then. Have a great night, folks, and again, if you want to donate to the show, click the links in the description below. Also, sponsorship information is at the bottom of the screen. This show and all of our long-form content is available via podcast from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Have a great night.